All right, if you would turn your Bibles with me today to 1 Peter 1, 18 through 21. 1 Peter 18, 1 Peter 1, 18, and we're going to read down through 21. And it says this, For so much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. I didn't uh, breathe in helium. I just lost my voice there. All right. And then it says this in verse 20. Who verily was ordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. It's very important that you and I remember Jesus did not come to pay his for his transgressions, but he came to pay for ours. And it says, Who by him do we believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory and that your faith and hope might be in God? We're going to talk about the blood of Jesus Christ. Here we see that only the blood can redeem man from his sin. Now, Satan uses sin as a platform. Sin is also known as a spiritual death. And it's through death, man's separation from God, that Satan gains rulership. You can find that in Romans 5.12 on down through the chapter where sin by one man entered into the world that was through Adam and that sin came and that sin ruled and reigned over men even though they had not committed the same type of sin that simply means when Adam's sin transgressed became separated from God all of his seed in his loins all of mankind became servant to sin Now, nothing can break that servitude to sin. And so realize that the devil used sin to become enthroned as a prince over this world and over you and I by sin. Now, the only thing that can break that rule, the only thing that can demolish, the only thing that can... Uh, annihilate the throne and the foundation thereof in a man or a woman's life is the blood of Jesus Christ. Silver and gold cannot do it, only the blood. The The blood of bulls and of goats and sheep cannot do it. It is only by the blood of Jesus Christ. Membership, good deeds cannot erase man's sin the blood is the only thing that can free man 
from his past sin. You know, we sing this song all of the time. Oh, the blood of Jesus, only the blood of Jesus. What can wash my sins away? but the blood of Jesus Christ. We need to understand that our faith is based upon the power of the shed blood of Jesus Christ in our lives. And so when other people have memberships, have this or have that, they may be nice things, they may look good, but they are simply powerless. And those are received as traditions that have no power to save mankind. The only place that man has the power to be free from Satan's rule is to be free from sin is in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. So we ought to herald that great song that nothing can wash away my sins but the blood of Jesus. Now in Leviticus 17, Verse 14, it says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And so Jesus comes to exchange his life, to shed his blood for our life that is bound in slavery to sin. So the blood of Jesus gives his life for us. When the blood of Jesus flows from his body, it gives us the life that he is pouring out. So you and I have to understand that Jesus came to give you and I a freedom from sin and thus a removal of the throne of the prince of this world. And you and I can be free because Jesus took our place. 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. In other words, that we are cleansed from all sin. We are so innocent and established back in the purity of righteousness that there is no record of our transgressions. Can you imagine that God doesn't ever remember who you were? Everybody else does, but not God. So we have to understand that the life of Christ was poured out in the blood that he shed. Now, all theology, all church doctrines can be preached. And there are many of them that are preached void of the blood, void of the sacrificial work of Jesus Christ. And people hear these gospels, they hear these doctrines, but we have to understand that the gospel preached without the blood of Jesus is a gospel without hope, a gospel without hope. Without the blood of Jesus Christ, man cannot be redeemed. So it's important that you and I always give ear to the cost of our salvation, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, 
all of the benefits, all of Christianity's purpose and power are of no avail without faith in the blood. In other words, if we don't have faith in the blood of Jesus Christ, we have no access to the gospel, its benefits, its purpose, or its power. So we want to make sure that we believe, trust in, and rely in the power of the blood. Now, for those of you that are watching me, I want to speak to you for just a moment. You know, the Bible tells us that we cannot be redeemed by corruptible things. And God uses gold and silver as, you know, where people look. They think that if they have riches, that everything's going to be okay. Well, I want to talk to you today that if you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you are a backslider, we're not interested in how you got there. We're not interested in what you've done. What we are interested in right now at this moment in this service is that you, as an individual that has the right to make a choice, you can choose to have faith in the blood of Jesus, which means that you believe in the cross, that you believe that God sent his only begotten son, that you believe that on that cross Jesus shed his blood that you could be forgiven. Revelation 1.5, his blood washes away our sins. That you believe that on that cross, Jesus gave his life. He drained himself of his blood. And that after that cross, he was buried. And after he was buried for three days on the third day, God himself raised up Jesus from the dead that you might be saved. The cross is the greatest demonstration of the love of any kind. No man would give his life for a righteous man. And who would give their life for a sinner? Well, Jesus did, and Jesus would. And the blood of Jesus Christ still requires you having faith. You must believe that you are a sinner and you cannot save yourself. And that's okay. We are all sinners. We've all come short of the glory of God. But if you choose today to say, Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you shed your blood to wash away my sins. Think of that. To wash away your sins. And all you have to do today is to call upon him by faith. Just simply pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you came to save my soul, that only by the shed blood that you shed willfully at Calvary can I be saved. Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you as Lord of my life from this day forward. Amen and amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, please go to the comment box and 
let us know so that we can get in contact with you and send you some information. Now, when you believe in the power of the blood, which simply means that you have faith in the blood and that it has done and accomplished what the Bible says it did. When you do that, that's when the blood washes away your sin. That's when your sins are removed as far as the east is to the west. And that's when your sins are cast into, as Micah says, the seventh chapter, into the sea of forgetfulness. You, friend, are forgiven when you have faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. As the blood drips from the top lintel over the doorpost of your life, as the blood flows down each side of your doorpost on your life, that blood frees you from the power of Satan. Not only that, that blood has a louder voice than any other form of blood of a bull, of an oxen, or of a lamb, or of a goat, of a turtle dove, those have voices, and you can hear their cries as their blood is being taken, but there's no other voice louder than the blood of Jesus Christ. Do you know that the blood speaks? you know that in Hebrews 11, 4, it says that Abel, though he has died, his blood still speaks. In Genesis 4, 1 down through 6 and 7, you realize that God approaches Abel. I mean, Cain, and he says, Cain, the blood of your brother cries out. Now, I'm sure that Cain thought, do what? No, I took him. Well, you can take the life, but what you cannot do is erase its record. And erase the justness that every soul requires. And so, Cain says, what do you mean? God says that your blood of your brother cries out to me from the grave. And he says, but there is that voice that causes for justification. Well, there is a voice that is far louder than the voice of Abel's blood. It is the voice of the blood of Jesus Christ. And the voice of the blood, God knew Abel's voice. He knew that it was his blood. He knew what his voice wanted, and God heard it. God knows the voice of the blood of Jesus Christ. He knows what it desires, and he knows the purpose behind it being shed. And so there is the voice of the blood of Jesus that as it is dripping from the lintels, running down the sides of the doorpost, that there is not only the blood that is dripping, but the voice that is declaring and speaking. And that blood speaks on your behalf and on my behalf. 
It cries out over our life. What does the voice of Jesus cry out? When it is applied, it cries out. They are victorious. They are undefeatable. No weapon has any power beyond this blood. It means that death and hell have been defeated. It says how there is a presence upon their life, freedom from all sin. They are the redeemed. They are a saved one. They are the blessed of God. They are overcomers. They are healed. They possess the prosperity of God. They are reconciled. They are overcomers. They are obtainers of mercy. They are the dwelling place of God. Now when the death angel, when Satan comes, what does he run into? He runs into the voice of the blood. Just as the enemy, enemy slew Jesus, Jesus' blood begins to call out on our behalf. Hallelujah. Call out on our behalf. Now, one of the problems that happens during this process of Jesus' blood crying out, and it does, don't let your voice contradict what the blood is saying about you. And by that, I simply mean don't let the enemy stir you up in emotions or fear or anything like that and cause you to set your emotions against your faith or to set evidence against the truth. No, don't oppose yourself. Agree with the voice of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus said that he provides for you, then you stand steadfast. The blood does not lose its power. Abel's voice still speaks today, and I'm telling you the blood of the voice of the voice of the blood of Jesus Christ is still as loud and as powerful as it has ever been. When the devil comes back to a sinner that's repented moments ago and he says it didn't work the blood said he's mine you can't have him the blood cries out in our defense don't ever ever dispute the blood or the voice of the blood of Jesus Christ let's go to Psalms 51 Psalms 51 and let's look at verse 50 Seven, Hallelujah. It tells us so many things that the blood does on our life. Psalm 51 and verse 7 down through 12. It says, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. You remember the Old Testament Passover. Hyssop was dipped in the blood hit on the lintel, and the two posts, because that formed the cross. That high software was there. And it said, David said, though they were dark, yet they are whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. 
you know that when you listen to the voice of the blood of Jesus Christ, you hear the voice of joy and gladness. Why? Because you are redeemed. You are free. You are an overcomer. You are more than the devil can handle. You are just what God said you was, not by any power of your own, but by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Hide thy face from my sins. Blot out mine iniquities. Create in me, listen to the power of the blood. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. God replaces divine order in your life. It cleans the rubble out and replaces that which is right. Cast me not away from thy presence. The blood brings us into it. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. The blood enables us to dwell with God. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. God has a joy for you. And it is in the forgiveness of your sins. And so, we understand that when the blood comes, <coughs> excuse me, when the blood comes, that there is a transformation in our lives. Why should anyone be miserable, worrisome, downcast, discouraged or disappointed when the blood has not lost its power nor has its voice ceased. It is still alive, friend, and it's still speaking today. When, with the shedding of the blood and with your acceptance of it, there is a divine transformation that takes place in your life. Through your, though your sins be as scarlet, Isaiah 1.18, they shall be whiter than snow. Hallelujah. And though they be as crimson, they shall be as white as wool. Hallelujah. That's what the blood does. It transforms you. It changes you. It eliminates the foundation of the rule of the prince of this world. God, because of the blood, has put a brand new heart in you. You have been transformed. Ezekiel eleven nineteen says this, that I will give them a new heart. You know that when you're born again, you have a new heart. The Bible says that God replaces that stony heart, takes it out of your life, the heart that cannot receive, the heart that cannot be loved, the heart that cannot love, the heart that cannot rejoice, the heart that does not have a place to celebrate, the heart that is void of, of gladness. God takes that out and he puts in you a new heart, a heart of the flesh, a heart that can feel, a heart that is alive, a heart that is joined to God. And it says, and he puts a new spirit in them and takes away that old hard heart. 
and on their flesh, and he will give them a new heart of flesh. Wow. And they that will walk, and it says he puts that heart in them that they may walk in his ways. Do you know it's your nature to walk in the ways of God, to walk by faith, to walk in joy, to walk in vision, to walk in purpose. That is what God has done for you through the blood. Now, it says that we will walk in God's ways and his statutes, and we will keep his ordinances, and they shall be my people. Wouldn't you love it that if the enemy told God about you, hey, your servant Job, God said, yes, I know him. Wouldn't it be wonderful? And believe me, it's happened a hundred times in your life that the devil came to accuse you and God said, the blood has redeemed him. The blood has freed her. The blood has cleansed her. The blood has erased her record. He said that many times about you, as he has said it about me. And it says, as we are his people, and God will be our God. The blood of Jesus. We are new creatures. We are not common the Bible says that that which God cleanses, let no man call common. Friend, you are peculiar. You are a priest. You are a king. You are forgiven. You are bold in faith. You are cleansed of an evil conscience. Your reward is seated in the heavenlies, and you are waiting for your crowns. And you are going to hear one day, good and faithful servant, enter thou in. Be confident in the power of the blood. And it still has a voice that if you sin, that blood will rise up and say, repent and you shall be forgiven. The blood still washes away sin as it washed it away years ago when you got saved. When we reach or when we receive the work and the power of the blood, we put on a garment of thanksgiving. Why? Because the blood gives us the victory. Why would we not praise no matter how dark the skies? Why would we not praise, praise God no matter how sound the prison door was when it shut. For God is on our behalf, and even while we sleep, the blood calls out to God. God knew Abel's voice of his blood, and God knows the voice of his son Jesus Christ's blood. And so as we do that, we'll be trees planted in righteousness. In other words, there'll be no righteous, unrighteousness in us. There is only the way of purity because we have been cleansed. What God has cleansed, don't let any man call common. 
I want to read one more passage of Scripture to you. It is in Luke 19. And let's look at 19 and verse 1. And it says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was of the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he to seek Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press of people, because he was little of statue. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and he said in him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I, have, I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down, and he received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that this man was gone to be a guest with that man that is a sinner. Remember, he was great among the publicans. In other words, he was a great sinner. And it says, and Zacchaeus said, Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods will I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I will restore fourfold, fourfold unto him. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house for so much as he is the son of Abraham, and the son of man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Are you a Zacchaeus today? Did you climb a tree that maybe God would think better of you? You can't climb high enough. Jesus looked up at Zacchaeus and said, Hey, Zacchaeus! I must abide at your house. In other words, Jesus was looking for the invitation to come into Zacchaeus' life. You know, Jesus is waiting right now for an invitation to come into your life. He's waiting today for you to invite him into your home. Now remember that Zacchaeus was a great sinner. I don't know how great a sinner you are. It doesn't matter. A liar will have his place in the lake of fire. The unbeliever, the fearful, will have their place in the lake of fire. But today, Jesus is stopping. And he's looking up. And he's looking at you. And he's saying, I need to receive an invitation from you. Will you allow me to come in? Zacchaeus was so overwhelmed with the goodness of God that he was willing to take everything that he'd gotten by ill gain, give it to the poor, because he had faith in Jesus.
And eternal life is far better than anything that the world can give. And then Zacchaeus said, if I've wronged any man, I will make restitution. And in the old covenant, there was a thing that if a man had been cheated or you'd done a man wrong, that in order to make it right, that you would give him fourfold that which you had wronged him out of. Zacchaeus did not care. Because salvation cannot be bought by works or undoing the sins that you have done. It can only be given when you ask Jesus into your life. If you're watching today and you're Zacchaeus, then today is your day. Jesus is stopping right now. You might be a backslider. That's a Zacchaeus. You might be a sinner that's never known God. That's Zacchaeus. See, Zacchaeus was a sinner, but he was also connected to the bloodline for salvation. And he had not obeyed the laws of God. Therefore, he stood wanting in the balances of justice. Nothing could save him but the blood. Nothing could save him except asking Jesus, come into my heart. Today, I want to encourage you. Jesus is standing right by your tree. You can't hide. He's not interested in you hiding. He knows what you've done, but all he asks is just for an invitation. If you're not a Christian, if you're a backslider, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I am a sinner. I asked you, Jesus, to come into my life. I invite you in freely. I acknowledge that only by your blood can I be saved. Come into my heart, Jesus. I will turn from all the things I did. And I will follow you. Jesus, you are the Son of God. You have shed your blood for me. And I believe in the cross and the shedding of your blood for my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. I know you're alive. You've been raised from the dead. And I now surrender my life just like Zacchaeus did. Jesus, take all of me. Just come into my life in who you are. I thank you that I'm now saved. I'm born again. Now, I pray for those that just got saved or returned to the Lord. I pray that addictions, alcoholism, adulteries, these unclean activities, I break the power of them over you in the name of Jesus Christ. 
I speak, God, that you change their appetites, their desires. You said, God, you'd put in them a new heart that, God, they would walk in your ways, your statutes, and your judgment. And they would be your people and you would be their God. Now, God, I thank you for it. In Jesus Christ's name, amen and amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, please go on the comments. Please get them into us. And those of you that want prayer, please quickly, quickly get those in. Eric, can I have communion? You have, Ashley, some prayer requests? Thank you. A doctor's in the ICU has the coronavirus. There's a brother that is starting cancer treatment. One family says, we need provision and protection for our family. There's all one, already been one rededication. Wherever you are, please accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Let's pray for these needs. Father, I curse this virus in this doctor. God, as he was giving, God, the enemy attacked him. Now, God, I ask you to heal him, restore him, raise him up in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, God, that as this brother enters into cancer treatment, that, God, there would be no adverse side effects. I pray, God, that as he has reached out, and, God, I ask that this treatment would bring this cancer to zero existence in his body. God, heal him in the name of Jesus. Then, God, I pray for the people that have, have need of provisions. I pray, God, I pray, God, that you would touch them. Bring it, God, from the north, the south, the east, and the west. God, as you have provided for the birds, the grass, and the lilies, provide for families that have need of provision. And then, God, I ask you to protect families. I ask you to protect it from this coronavirus, God. I ask you to protect it, God, from accidents, all types of perversion. And, oh, God, for your glory, I thank you for it. God, strengthen this person that came back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus. We thank you for it. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. We are going to receive communion today. And again, I know that it's not the way that we do it at church. But if I was on an island and I would be awakened by God, or if I was having thoughts, where is the Lord? What's God doing? God, I feel forsaken. Whatever it might be, I would find a morsel of bread. And I would say, God, I want to stir my faith up by renewing and thinking and meditating 
upon what you did for me on the cross, at the whipping post, as your body was broken for me, as your body took the curse off of my life and received it in my place. And God, <clears throat> I thank you that I've been blessed. The curse has been broken. Jesus bore it for me. I thank you for his body. I thank you for healing. I thank you for peace. I thank you, God, for cleanliness and righteousness through his body. In Jesus' name. I don't know what I would find on that island. I don't know if grapes grow in sandy areas or... I don't know. But I would find something just as a point of contact. And I'd say, God, I call to remembrance the power of the wonderful blood of Jesus Christ. I call to remembrance, God, how I once was ruled by Satan, bound by sin, not seeking you, have no righteousness about me, not even one thought. But God, I remember when I heard the story of Jesus Christ shedding his blood for me. And I received that blood and I was washed clean. And I was made righteous before you, God. Then God, how many times I have had to remember that the blood is just as powerful today as it was when I received it the first time. God, that when I make mistakes, it says if I confess my sins, God, you are faithful and just to cleanse me from all my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. You will forgive me, God. The blood cries out on my behalf. I receive it now, God, in the remembrance of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. 